Welcome back to Are You a Fan, where we explore individual characters from your favorite sci-fi, action, and fantasy genres. A big thank you to Moonbound Productions for supporting today's episode. If you would like to express your support, please like and share the show. Here's your hosts, Dick Rail and Joker. Hello, folks. If you like this episode or any of our previous episodes, please give us a like, follow, and uh, you know what? Why don't you share it with somebody to waste some time? Hey, Joker, I got a question for you and the people listening at home. Hit me. What's your favorite ocean animal? You know, I kind of like the octopus. That's not a bad pick. Just because, like, especially when you see them in, like, the jars and they find a way to get themselves out. And, like, it's almost like the concept with a rat where if they can get their head through it, they're getting out. I mean, with them, yeah, if they can get their beak through it, they can get yeah. through it. Sure, there's no other uh, internet reasons why you like the octopus so much. No, no, that's, that's <laughs> literally... It's <laughs> mostly just the fact that it's like the rat, that if they can get a piece of them through, the rest of them's going to get through. Okay, that's valid. That's valid. Because I, I do... And I, they are kind of terrifying. They are a little <laughs> terrifying. Uh, like, uh, there's a reason Cthulhu's face is depicted as an octopus. I'm a little torn right now because honestly, octopuses, I really do like octopuses as well in that, but I, I guess to be a little bit different, orcas. Oh, yeah. Killer whales, man. Like, that's where it's at. I love that me. they're just, I think my favorite thing about the orcas, they're just kind of like the, the bully of the sea. They really are. They, they legit will just like bully dolphins and. Like, they are top dog of the sea to a point where, like, they're just walking around, like, hitting lunch out of every animal's hand and just looking around, pointing around, like, what are you going to do? You know, launching seals up into the air. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they just don't care. Right? And, like, yeah, no, top dog of the ocean. But, yeah, no, octopus, though, I do like octopus. That is a definite close second, and they are terrifyingly smart. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us into our character this week. We are going to discuss King Shark, also known as Nananeu. I am Nanawe. Nanawe. Okay. And I literally only have an idea of the pronunciation because of the new Suicide Squad. Yep. Okay, fair enough. Honestly, without that, I've never actually heard that name. I've only always known him as King Shark. Same, same. And, uh,. I'm glad we have that because otherwise I'd be making a lot of apologies to the Hawaiian people. Yeah, I feel like we still should be because uh, I'm sure that's even not entirely correct. And I guess off the bat, as we've done with many characters before, we here at uh, Are You a Fan apologize for any names and or pronunciations we will butcher. Okay, so let's get into this. King Shark is a fictional character appearing in comic books published by DC Comics. The character, also known as uh, Nanawe, was created by writer Carl Kessel and artist Tom Grummet. That just reminds me, I can't think of the name of it, but that Wallace old... Gromit? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Wallace that, That's all I could think of. That's kind of immediately what my mind went to. I'm like, I'm like Grummet, is he a claymation dog? Right. That's, <laughs> that's all I could think of, was like claymation. <laughs> okay. So, King Shark's first key appearance would be in Superboy issue 0 in October of 94 as a cameo before making his first full appearance in Superboy issue number 9 in November of 94. Wow, we are just a couple years older than King Shark. Holy cow. Ha! Uh, <laughs> That's kind of cool. 
And Teen Shark would serve as adversaries to Aquaman, Batman, and The Flash. Yeah. And and from what I've seen, definitely seems to be more predominant to the Flash and I mean obviously Aquaman. Yeah. But if it's not Aquaman, he seems most predominant to the Flash. Yeah, Batman's it, Batman's run-ins with him probably are more sparse, more situational. Yeah. At best, like. But he that. seems to be pretty big in the Flash's rose gallery, which is oh yeah, kind of weird, but a little bit of a weird one to At least uh, Aquaman. That makes sense. Aquaman completely makes sense. A little weird about the Flash one though. I, yeah. I will I will agree with that. Okay, so let's move on. It, we got in universe. Yeah, that was that was it for his real world. <laughs> yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen and folks, we uh, this one's gonna be a short one of our shorter episodes. So strap in for the short, fast, fun ride. Born in Hawaii, Nanau. Nanawe. Nanawe. I'm gonna call him King Shark. I, I can't. I just can't. I'm gonna butcher that name. And I have friends from Hawaii, and Which they are is not funny because I think that's literally the only other time that that name is used in this episode. Okay. Born in Hawaii, Nanawe is a humanoid shark. His father is the king of all sharks, also known as the Shark God. Which they kind of allude to in the Suicide Squad movie, but they. It is actually in the comics is more alluded to later on. Yeah. So kind of like in the Suicide Squad, it, it kind of goes along with this whole paragraph that comes out as originally there were some doubts surrounding his origins as other characters such as Special Agent Sam Makoa uh, dismissed his origins as superstition and referred to Nanawe as a savage mutation. And it was also implied that he was one of the wild men evolved animal based uh Evolved animals based on those in Kamandi, the last boy, the last boy on Earth, but the now ended Aquaman Sword of Atlantis series put an end to the controversy by firmly establishing him as the Shark God's son. But yeah, it was definitely one of those like they kind of went back and forth like, are you actually a son of a god? Or are you just kind of a freak like the rest of us? It was definitely one of those like. They definitely kept it up in the air until they wanted to make a decision. Yeah. Which I guess, like, because some may consider that lazy form of rhyme, but it also does create a lot of suspense and a lot of speculation among fans. So. It does. And it gives them a reason to want to keep buying your books and keep reading. And yeah. Keep going. And be like, oh, my God, like, who is it? What is his deal? Yep. Okay. So King Shark was responsible for a number of missing persons several years before Superboy arrived in Hawaii. Which, you know, giant man shark that eats man. There's yep. going to be some missing peoples. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and so Sam McCoy, the special agent, uh, was responsible for bringing him in and bore the scars to prove it, along with a personal grudge, because there was some other personal history between the two. Because yeah. uh, King Shark kind of killed a lot of the officers McCoy took with him. Oh yeah, no, Makoa was, uh, it was definitely one of those, like, going to slay the the monster and coming back alone with the monster. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so yeah, not great. Uh, King Shark is freed by the Silicone Dragons, a tech-based gang in Hawaii, who plan on hiring him. However, King Shark is not interested and kills his liberators before heading to his mother's house. Not the most well thought out plan by an organization. I mean, neither is that name. 
Yeah, silicone dragons. Uh, however, I guess on a side note, I think that uh, I think the name does derive from Silicon Valley, the tech base of the, of uh, America, which would make sense if they were like a Hawaiian make, team. Yeah, that's where I think that'd make a lot more sense if they're based in mainland U.S. But instead, they are a Hawaiian based team, which yeah, literally. Rip. I feel whoever wrote this was like, they'll get it, guys. They'll get it. No, and they're like, no, no they they won't. And yeah, no, people don't. So, following him going to his mother's house, his mother would shelter him and even allow him to bite off her arm so he could feed. Because, you know, the growing boy at all. <laughs> yeah, also, it is that whole insane concept thing of the motherly love. Like, like oh, I'll, I'll love them no matter what, and the thing ends up killing the mom or something. So, my question, because never, I never really looked into it, is his mom human? Yes, I believe she is human. So he's not going to get a lot of sustenance out of that arm. <laughs> yeah, no. Because that, that was just what made me think of all of a sudden. I was like, okay, you let him eat your arm. Humans are a lot tinier than a shark, especially king shark. Like, yeah. He's not going to get a lot out of that arm. Yep. Nope. Uh, love is crazy. Love is blind. Love is stupid. Yes. Unfortunately for King Shark, Superboy would be visiting Hawaii at the time and bring King Shark to justice. And from what I remember seeing in that section, it was a lot of, he just happened to be around at the time. He wasn't even there for King Shark. No, uh, actually. So he just kind of got dragged into it. He It was actually, he had escaped Katniss and wanted to kind of create his own um, superhero identity in his own area yeah. instead of Metropolis. So he went, he's like, Hawaii, because... The original Superboy was very, like, in the um, a animated movie uh, Rise of the Superman and that, the way they depict Superboy being this playboy with glasses and, like, that is the original Superboy. Yeah, it makes sense. And that is kind of, like, how he is. He's a very... So, Hawaii, he'd be like, surf's ups, dude. I'm yeah, gonna he'd protect. fit in perfectly. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to protect Hawaii. I'm going to be their badass celebrity, like, superhero. And then it's like, they're like, hey, we have a man-eating man-shark thing. And he's like, well, I guess fine. I'm here. Let's I do guess. this. <laughs> yeah. I get, like, just drops his surfboard, like, fine. <laughs> right, it's just that mild inconvenience of what King Shark is to him. Right. <laughs> but later on, in a very odd turn of events, uh, Superboy and Mako would be, end up working with the Suicide Squad to take down the Silicon Dragons. King Shark would be forced to help since he since their base was underwater. So here he is, <laughs> both of them having to work with the criminal they've put away. Yeah, that's uh, oh man, that's the. I mean, I feel like that's more like awkward for them just being angry at him because I just feel like King Shark doesn't have the cognitive like care to realize how awkward the situation is. I mean, it'd really only be awkward to them because again, it's. A criminal they put away specifically. Yeah. He doesn't care. But I see, I could see them just like staring at him, just like real angry, and he's just blank staring back, just <laughs> like, what? Yep. And. Han. <laughs> Han. <laughs> okay, so uh, moving on. To keep Shark under control, a bomb belt would be strapped around his waist. And was set to detonate if anything happened to uh, Makoa. However, during a long series of running battles, King Shark was 
purposefully knocked into the reactors of the underwater base by knockout. Oh, dang. I forgot that's an actual character. Yeah. So, yeah. No, he was knocked into the... Um, into the generators of the base by a character named Knockout, who crushed the belt. Result, uh, the resulting explosion completely destroyed the lair, leaving no trace of either Knockout or King Shark. Which, I mean, you know, I feel like you would rest easy after that, because uh, all characters do. Right. <laughs> They're like... He might be the descendant of a god, but who cares? There's no trace of him. And that, that's always how it goes. Is, you know, there's no body. Oh, he's dead. You know, whatever. Because they never make sure there's a body. Right. And I know we kind of skipped. I cut it out because Knockout's not the character we're talking about. But I know he showed up first somewhere else on some beach that he turned up after this fight. Okay. But yeah, fair enough. Uh, we don't. He's not really what we're talk, here to talk about. Yep. And then King Sharp himself would turn up alive and well shortly thereafter as well, and end up duking it out with Superboy. But he would be defeated again and driven out to sea. Huh. Um. Honestly, I'm shocked Superboy would let just let him escape like that. More probably just hoping like, okay, he's gone. Hopefully, he doesn't kill any more people. I got some waves to hit. I also feel like he also realized where King Shark ended up after they got him in prison the first time. Yeah. He may be less of an issue if he's just out on his own in the sea than under Suicide Squad's control and Waller's control. True, because, yeah, Waller's going to put him into playing situations where he's prone to wiling out. Exactly. So King Shark later turned up in the Wildlands and fought Superboy and his allies again. After a fierce battle, he was assumed killed, but nobody was ever, no body was ever recovered. Recover the body! Again, you guys, stop just not looking for a body. (laughs) Don't assume anything. Uh, Every time. And then after this, King Shark would end up having many appearance, many minor appearances, including one with Jimmy Olsen and Superman. Ah, yep. King uh, King Shark is... Uh, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. There, I, if I remember correctly, during the whole, like, uh, King Shark, Jimmy Olsen, Superman, it was uh, King Shark was about to eat Olsen, and he called for Superman, and, you know, Superman being Johnny on the spot. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Because I, I know I looked very briefly into that paragraph, and there wasn't a whole lot to add to it. Really wasn't. So King Shark is re- eventually recruited into Alexander Luther's secret society of supervillains and is one of the many sent to attack Sub Diego during the battle. He kills Neptune Perkins. And anybody listening to our previous episodes would know he also, I think that might have been the battle where he bit half of Black Manta's face off. Yeah, I think that was because that was when we were talking about when we were talking about Black Manta. Yeah, so worlds colliding. So see now we because I remember there was a question I had about that whole scenario, um, how he bites off only half of his face. I feel like the only thing that saved Black Manta is how big that damn helmet helmet is. It had to be like he got his whole head mouth over half of that and just happened to just barely only be able to take half his face. Yep. So his next major appearance would come in Aquaman Sword of Atlantis, 
humbled by a scar given to him by the hook-handed king of Atlantis after he attacked an Atlantean priest in an attempt to increase his own father's power. For three years, King Shark would be held captive for his crimes by Atlantis' holy order, the Thorny Crown. Yeah, I feel like you need a better name for your group. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, until Aquaman now reincarnated through the fallout of Infinite Crisis as the eldritch and powerful Dweller of the Depths charged King Shark with a quest of personal redemption to watch over his heir, Arthur Joseph Curry, a vessel for the lost hum- human portion of Aquaman's soul. And this is one of the only reasons why I think Aquaman's comics that Aquaman never became a com like a popular character. Some of the story arcs are convoluted as all heck. And it doesn't help that you know it even said that it earlier in the episode we talked about Aquaman's story of Atlantis being a short and canceled one. It's like yeah, you guys are canceling stories that are very prevalent to the story. Yeah, stop. You're not helping this character out at all. Nope. Then, unfortunately, you know he has a very poor early cartoon history to kind of that is a popularity. That is a really unfortunate <laughs> one. Okay, where where we at? Okay, King Shark reluctantly followed the Dweller's commands, formally introducing the former Aquaman to his successor. King Shark persisted in this role for some time, though Arthur Joseph Curry left his post as heir sometime before the original Aquaman himself would be born in brightest day. And that's the other thing, canceling a comic that's going to lead into a major universal arcing story. Yeah, they, they did a lot of issues with that. My they God, they did. a lot of problems. <laughs> And following the final crisis, King Shark's jaw would be broken after being cleaved wide open, and later his arm ripped off his body during battle, but later would grow back. Because, you know, like a lot of the, especially animalistic villains and heroes, he's got regeneration, so of course it's going to come back. Yeah, I mean, you know, super healing, also, you know, demigod, so I feel like that comes with the course, too. I kind of wish they had talked about this and who did this to him. Because it was very, it did not ever specify. Most recently, uh, so as far as King Shark stories go, though, most recently, he has joined the Secret Six as a brawler. His tenure with the Six proves to be short-lived as the team is soon captured by a large group of superheroes during a failed mission in Gotham City. King Shark managed to briefly overpower his old foe, Superboy, during the battle, but is ultimately pummeled into unconsciousness by Supergirl. And the first problem with their mission, they went to Gotham. Yeah. You just don't go to Gotham. It's kind of a bit. Yeah, no, no. You. No, don't start troubling Gotham. Because like, even it, if Batman knows he can't take you, he's going to call in somebody who can. Oh, yeah. And for Batman and the Bat family not to be able to deal with you is already. A long shot. Yeah. But yeah, as soon as they realize they can't do it, you're going to get your butt beat by one of the supers. Yep. But you know, if you're human, I'd rather take on Superman because I know he's not going to hurt me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) At least we know know, he won't intentionally drop you off of a building that he knows for a fact won't kill you, but will land you in the hospital. Yeah. (laughs) 
Okay, so okay, so um, that's kind of a wrap up on King Shark. Short history, short story. Uh, not a whole lot on the characters, so let's get into powers and abilities. And I feel like some of these are gonna be kind of a no-brainers. So, pow- I feel like we should go ahead and start with his powers and abilities. Pretty much everything is normal short shark. Yeah. Stuff. Yep. He is. He has the. He's a. He's a humanoid shark. So he's super strong. Uh, he also has regeneration, which, you know, that's not exactly fully a shark thing, but considering they can grow brain cells back, I guess you can make that leap and teeth. Uh, teeth can pierce. Oh, yeah, this is actually a pretty interesting thing. Teeth can pierce krypton- Kryptonian skin, which, because he is a, I guess it's more explained since he is a being born of magic. And like that a- is being one of his biggest weaknesses for Superman is magic. It would make sense his teeth could pierce that skin. Yep. So he also has animal empathy. Uh, King Shark is able to sense and call out his shark cousins to come to him, although he's unable to actually control them, especially when they are filled with blood frenzy. It makes sense. He's no Aquaman, but that's kind of cool that he can at least call out to them. Right. It's kind of like, you know, it's a lesser tiered version of Aquaman. Yeah. Okay, now uh, let's get into his media. In other media, TV, King Shark appears in The Flash, portrayed by Dan Payne, as a human and voiced by David Hayter as King Shark. This version is originally Shay Lambden, a marine biologist from Earth 2 who was transformed by a Star Labs particle accelerator into an anthro- anthropomorphic... <laughs> A huge, basically a were shark, uh, a giant great white were shark. Not even gonna go. Not even gonna attempt to reread what that was. Yeah, no. (laughs) Also, King Shark appears in a as a main character in Harlequin, voiced by Ron uh, Funches, also a comedian. Uh, The version, this version, is a kind and peaceful tech genius who wears clothes and is shown to have a generally positive attitude. However, he occasionally goes berserk uh, if he smells blood and becomes angry when anyone uses fish-related insults around him. And I love that version of him. Honestly, that is definitely next to the one in um, Suicide Squad. Yeah, next to Suicide Squad, that is definitely my favorite version ever. (laughs) He is dead. Just because it is so... He's this giant menacing shark, and now he's just this lovable character, right? Uh, just so adorable in that show. So, onto his film. Uh, he makes a non-speaking minor appearance in Superman slash Batman Public Enemies. He also appears in Batman Assault on Arkham, voiced by John DiMaggio. Oh, so uh, voices him. Yep. That's um, a good one, too. He also appears in Justice League Dark Apocalypse Void. Apocalypse War, again voiced by John DiMaggio, and this version is a member of the Suicide Squad and John Constantine's ex-boyfriend. Which I kind of love that little tidbit that they threw in there. Oh yeah, and I and when I got to this section, I was like, I know it's in here somewhere, I gotta keep it in here. Because <laughs> it's just so random for Constantine. It really was, because I love when they show up and he's like, oh god, my ex is here, and they're like, you dated Harlequin? No. Oh, it was fun watching them try to point out, figure out who it was until they realized who it was. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> right? 
Okay. So, so again, King Shark would appear, as we've already kind of briefly discussed, in The Suicide Squad, voiced by Sylvester Stallone, with Steve Agee? Let's go with that. Uh, that's what I'm, go- I'm assuming. I apologize if I butcher your name. Uh, who provided the onset motion capture. This version displays a childlike demeanor and speaks in a monosyllabic manner with simple sentences. Yeah, that was definitely just the way he he acted in that movie. It was just so amusing. All right. <laughs> and just the, the the scene we've already referenced tonight. Um, <laughs> bird. No <laughs> dumb friends. <laughs> Okay, so let's go into video games. King Shark appears as a playable character in Lego Batman number three, Beyond Gotham. He is part of the DLC, the squad, uh, the squad. Yeah. This version resembles his new 52 counterpart. King Shark appears as an unlockable playable character in Lego DC Supervillains. He also appears in DC Universe Online. And will appear as a playable character in Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. I'm real excited for that game. Which, if I remember correctly, that's already out, I believe, too. I didn't actually really look into that. Oh, I'm not 100% sure if I'm being honest. Oh, God damn it. Am I... I don't I... fully remember. Huh. I'm, I, I, I'll love checking that. I really want to play that game. Um, and then he has a small web series as he appears in DC Superhero Girls. Oh my god! Another one of those kind of really random things. Yeah, I was about to say like we've had a few actually characters that have appeared in there. Yeah, I think we've had like two others. Yeah, which it's just kind of weird the random villains they're getting in that one. Yeah, because I've seen I've like I've seen clips of it like shown on some stuff and it looks all right. It looks like a fun little cartoon kids cartoon. Yeah, and that it's just some of the villains they're picking. I'm like, oh wow, like wow, just this this is who you went with. I mean, cool, but no, just, okay, cool. And also, side note, I did look it up. So the Suicide Squad game comes out in 2022. Ah, okay. So I've gotten so out of the loop on games and movies releasing that we're supposed to. I was like, I don't know if you did or not. It's fair. Okay, so uh, Joker, question. You a fan? Definitely. Definitely more of the Harley Quinn and Suicide, Suicide Squad versions just because they're funny and that's kind of the ones i know the most fair besides i think it was the apocalypse war where he just says king shark the whole time until the very end yeah but it was like wait you could talk, talk this, this whole time, time. <laughs> honestly i'm a fan too i didn't know like i knew of him beforehand but i didn't really know much about him until we got into like flash and harlequin and suicide squad so it was like some of the ones we've had where it's like we know a little bit of you but we don't really know about you. And honestly, I'm a fan. Yeah. For anyone that's still listening, if you got something out of this, enjoyed the episode, or even liked the character before from a movie, comic, cartoon, hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time, you're a fan too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails.